you know, Southeast Asia, when you look at this, you know, uh, market, we, we're looking at like a five, a 583 million people that live in this region, which including, you know, Singapore, Vietnam, Indonesia, Thailand, and so on. And 400 million people are connected to the internet. And, wow. and, and, you know, to, to your question, why Asia? Because this is kind of like an ad tap opportunity about where the next, you know, we call it in Google, the next billion users, the next billion users probably will not come from the US and right. they definitely would come from India and Southeast Asia. Welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Just sit back, relax and learn from the leaders of today. It's a journey. Each one is different, unique, inspiring. Let's get started. This episode is powered by Jay Ventures, a community driven VC fund in Silicon Valley in partnership with Lomitech and sponsored by Homeward Ventures, Hippo Insurance, Upwest, Halal at Stanford, Leap, and Birthright Excel. Hello and welcome to 20 Minute Leaders. Welcome Yuval Passov, Regional Partner Lead, managing Google's relationships with the biggest media agencies across Asia. Prior to his move to Singapore, he was leading the gaming team in Google Israel, working with the leading gaming companies in Europe and United States to develop their marketing strategy, including Playtica, Miniclip, Epic Games, Zynga, and many more. He is also the founder of Game On Asia, the leading podcast in Asia focusing on the mobile gaming ecosystem in Asia. In his free time, he volunteers as a mentor in Google for Startups, Southeast Asia Accelerator. Yuval Pasov, welcome to 20 Minute Leaders all the way from Singapore. Finally, I have somebody calling in from Singapore. How are you? I'm great. I'm great. It's great to, to be here and, and thank you for waking up so early. It's 6.30 for you, right? For this call, I'd wake up much earlier. I'm really excited to get to know you better and, and get to know your expertise in gaming and in marketing. And, and obviously, you know, the, you were leading uh, the, the gaming team in Google Israel. You were working with some incredible companies, uh, working with developing their marketing strategies in Europe and the US, like with Playtica, Miniclip, Epic Games. Uh, you're also the founder of Game on Asia, a leading podcast in Asia focused on the mobile gaming ecosystem. I have no idea what the mobile ecosystem for gaming is in Asia, so I'm excited to, to tackle into that. And today, your regional partner lead, managing Google's relationships with the biggest media agencies across Asia. Way too many things to talk about in the mere span of 20 minutes. So I'd like to dive straight in. When do you discover that you have a passion for gaming? How, how does that even come about? So actually, I think that from from a very young age, you know, as we we all uh, discovered the the early PCs, and um, and back then we we didn't have a lot of uh, of you know mobile games. So mm -hmm. then uh, I discovered initially, you know, all the all the different quests and and so on. Um, and I think that for a long time I was really passionate about building games for for kids and for mm. more like educational uh, things. But as I studied biomedical engineering, it was really hard for me to, to find the entry for the gaming ecosystem. Uh, but that's something that I managed to do after doing my MBA uh, back in Israel and actually um, been accepted to to Google. Uh, where I, I started as an ind industry manager and then um, we're leading the, the mobile gaming team. And, and when we say leading the mobile gaming team on Google, uh, you know, many people ask me if it's like if Google developed games. Um, 
So I think that we we tried in the past that was not so successful. Uh, but most of the work that we're doing uh, in Israel and across the across the, the world is more about helping with the marketing uh, strategy and, and user acquisition for big gaming companies like Playtica, like Plarium, and 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 so on. So this is where I discover kind of like behind the scenes of of the gaming ecosystem. And the transition then to Asia and to focus on the Asian ecosystem. How did that come about? So after five years in in Google in Israel, uh, we were looking more as an adventure for for the family, but also a place that we can expand um, my my skills. And and Asia looked like an amazing opportunity. And everything is before COVID. That's the whole world uh, change. but then we moved with you know my wife and two kids and actually we expanded now with another kid mm-hmm. um and and singapore it's it's an amazing amazing place to to live in um i don't know if you've been in uh, have you been in singapore before not not yet no, that's not why i'm so excited yeah so so singapore is very similar to israel in in many ways um similar uh, like population Actually, Israel built the whole, you know, army, intelligence units and everything in uh, Singapore. And it's super safe. And I think that one of the most exciting things is that you can travel, you know, and for Israelis is like you can travel in one hour to Thailand, to Bali and, wow. and you know, to so many places. Um, but in the same time, you know, Southeast Asia, when you look at this, you know, uh, market, we, we're looking at like of five, 583 million people that live in this region, which including, you know, Singapore, Vietnam, Indonesia, Thailand, and so on. And 400 million people are connected to the internet. And, wow. and, and, you know, to, to your question, why Asia? Because this is kind of like an untapped opportunity about where the next, you know, we call it in Google, the next billion users. The next billion users probably will not come from the U.S. Right. And they definitely would come from India and Southeast Asia. Um, so I think that for anyone that is interested in, in this market, there is a, a very interesting, um, you know, research that we did together with uh, Bain uh, about the opportunities in the market, what happened after COVID. You know, thinking about like people that live in a village in Indonesia, you know, that currently now are are stuck in their house and cannot do anything, uh, you know, and and they they cannot travel. So their mobile phone, and that's another example of, you know, developing countries that they skip the desktop, right? They immediately got their first mobile phone, which is a lot of the time smartphone and the internet, let's say in India, it's crazy. They, They pay like, you know, less than $1 for you know, five gigabytes mm. or 10 gigabytes. And, Unbelievable. And, and then, and, and that this is like a great opportunity. And, and you see here a lot of innovation, a lot of startups are coming here. Uh, you, you started to see a few unicorns, but, but COVID specifically, you know, people learn on the mobile phone, people do like all kind of like ordering and so on that maybe in the Western world, it will seem obvious, but here, like everything is around that. Um, Incredible. So that's why we are, you know, we were, uh, we were like, I was specifically very excited about moving here. And, and I think that to your question specifically about gaming, it's also, mm-hmm. it's, it's something that it's hard to, to understand the, the numbers of, you know, gamers in Asia. Of course, you can think about China, you know, mm-hmm. as, as the numbers, but, um, you know, the numbers that I just, you know, we just also published a, a research about that. 
it's 1.5 billion uh, gamers in Asia, and and that's not only only uh, only China. And if you look at the global revenue of of uh, of like global gaming revenue, almost 50% is coming from Asia. Um, really, and that's something that's yeah. So that's that's crazy. Yeah, Un- unbelievable. Tell me a little bit more about gaming as a as a vertical. You know, it's it's. I, I keep hearing the statistics that, you know, the final tournaments of League of Legends and those sorts of games way surpass those of the NBA finals. And this is obviously the next, you know, esports industry. But also I'm seeing a whole, you know, new discussion about the metaverse and the way that people are interacting with games and and the new generation of gamers that are so different from the way that I conceive it. What What is happening to the gaming industry worldwide and in Asia that that requires some deep analysis or or is not so trivial for the average person that when i think of gaming i think of icy tower and uh, you know minecraft yeah so you know i think that first of all gaming as as everyone knows during the last i can say almost two years of covid it just like boomed you know we see that cross you know globally um you see how much um, marketing budget are increasing while other verticals are, are decreasing. So gaming people are are at home, you know, they're looking for the social interactions. And that's something that is so strong in Asia. People are looking for this, you know, um, opportunities to meet with other people and through competitive gaming and, and the ability to meet other players, they are able to to do it within the COVID space. So I think that what you discuss about like uh, esports tournaments, what about metaverse, and it's more about ability for you, wherever you are, to meet new people and, and to interact with them. And, and I think that, um, you know, s- some of my colleagues uh, in Israel said that, you know, what's happening in China now in terms of gaming, it's kind of like the future of a lot of the gaming companies are looking at the West in terms of, let's say, influencers. Um, so, for example, you know, one of the interviews that I, I have, I have this podcast that I, I focus, you know, on, on the on the gaming ecosystem in Asia uh, that you mentioned, and they have influencers, right? Influencers is like the YouTube influencers mm. that they have millions of people following them and so on. But what they did in China, China, they took it to the next level. So they figure out what the audience like, um, what what they kind of make them more engaged. And they created, according to all the data points, they created like a virtual influencer. So it's not a real person. It's a person wow. that they know that their audience will be engaged with. And they just spend millions of dollars with, you know, TV campaigns, with, you know, um, digital campaigns just to attract these users. And and it's something that it's hard for us to understand that this is where you feel, where I feel old, um, but it's it's works. And, and probably we will see that probably in the West in, in a few years. Um, so I think that, you know, it's it's super exciting, especially like you see in India, for example, um, they they play you know Candy Crush or or Fruit Ninja, but on a on a competitive level, right? And again, huh. it's competition, it's social, and yep. and they actually bet money so I can play with you on Fruit Ninja, and whoever pay or whoever wins will get like you know the twenty cents or five cents and so on. It's and and it's like it's a unicorn already. It's called Mo- Mobile Premier League. Um, wow! And and you see it 
more and more and more and and you know countries like Vietnam that they have you know they're the one that uh created the the flappy birds like the mm-hmm. i don't know if you remember there was like this uh, kind of birds that coming from a one person you know developer in Vietnam that was a little bit yes. shocked after his success yes. um and then it just expanded and you see a whole ecosystem of developers want to be you know the flappy bird developer. Um, so as you can see i'm I'm very passionate about this uh, I feel it's uh it's it's super now it's super easy to create a game, but in the same time you know when you look at like global challenges, it's so hard to you know after you finish developing the game, you put it in the app store or the play store the play um how how do you discover that right there is millions of games and and that's where you need to have like a unique marketing strategy um and you know how to attract the users right and so you know still talking about about gaming what are some you know consumer behavior shifts beyond what you mentioned with the influencers that that you're observing from the east that will make its way to the west and and i'm I'm looking back at the sentence that you said about you know looking at at, at some parts of Asia as catalysts for showing what 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 if what the future may hold for western countries as well in terms of consumer behavior gaming cultural shifts what 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 are we seeing in the world of gaming that you know we can expect in the next few years to slowly make its way so I think that w- what you see now that more and more Chinese companies are becoming like the top in in the top letterboards uh, across the world um so if okay. in, the, in the past we thought you know if it's like uh asian you know characters that it will not work yeah. in in the west it's actually working and it's working really well um mm. and actually because they are able to thinking about like you know they, they have gaming studios in 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 asia that just for one game they have i don't know 600 700 developers and just for wow. one game so and a lot of the things that they are doing, wow. you know, in other verticals, they know how to do it in, in gaming and you, they know how to engage the users. Um, I think that the other thing is, you know, I just had recently a call with the, the, the person that leads um, um, the, the gaming team in, in Korea, in, in Google. And, you know, one of the things that he mentioned, it's all the thing around webtoons. Probably, I don't know if you heard about that, web. Uh, and Toon, T-O-O-N. No. So that's kind of like a comics that we know, you know. But yep. what's happening that in Korea, it's huge. It's kind of like a, a, a comics. It's an app that you read comics on an app. <laughs> and, and you know, in Korea, it's huge. But they manage not to stay in the borders of Korea. It's actually going out. And like K-pop in Korea and like Korean food, they managed to do a lot of, of this like export. And you will see that, you know, they're becoming, they're, they're going to be like a Netflix series and they're going to take a lot of the content and do games out of that. So I think that the world, you know, the globalization of the world is just making it easier for a lot of the trends to just, you know, be without borders. And, and that's something to, to just um, see and, and make sure that, you know, you follow that because otherwise we just, stay behind that and and very quickly we'll feel we'll feel that you know all the top grossing games in yeah. the west will be from from asia right um, so that's and, just two examples from you know korea and china 
Now, focusing just a little bit about the marketing side of it, which which is uh, you know fascinating on its own. You're mentioning that sure, you know today the the barrier or the friction to creating games is reduced dramatically. But the the bigger challenge that is presented now is now that you have a proliferation of games, how do you actually get yours to to be noticeable? What are some you know what what did, what really impacts you know whether a game? Let's say we're looking at. 10 games that are developed in, in extremely high quality, high content, you know, have all the virality effects that you'd expect. What would be some marketing indicators for whether one would succeed, whether they, one would not? So I think that when you said virality, it's very hard now to get virality or what, what, <laughs> okay. what used to be, you know, something that people would expect. Uh, okay, I'll just put that, I'll, I'll do a few campaigns and people will just start to talk about that. Virality also, you know, almost non-existed, only only like in, in rare cases that it happened. Mm-hmm. Um, I think that the other thing that in the past, you know, p- developers were asking for featuring in the Play Store. So, you know, when you get to the Play Store, you right. see like the big game, this is, you know, Zynga launched the game and so on. But I think that, you know, a lot of the thing that we are seeing now is, um, with all the changes around privacy and cookies and, and you know, um, the operating system 14.5 of, of Apple, that you need to have something uh, unique. Uh, but in the same time, when, when you say unique, it can be like an IP. Um, you know, if you have like, I don't know, Spider-Man, you know, as, as a character in your game. But that's something that, you know, smaller developers, it's really hard for them because they don't have the money um, to actually invest in IP. But IP is definitely something that will lower uh, the cost for acquisition of new player and will help you to, to get out there. A lot of the other thing is is to partner with, you know, bigger gaming companies. And that's all the publishing deals that you see that some company will work with Zynga, will work with other company, and, and then they will help them, you know, uh, uh, kind of like scale scale the game. Because it's a lot of the time, the money that they uh, recruit, uh, the, the, mm-hmm. the money that they raise, it's, it's, it's the focus is for user acquisition. Because now you need to have like a few million dollars in order for you to have enough money to scale the game, um, you know, uh, globally, but, but kind of like the basic, everything when, you know, an investor or, or anyone that is looking at, at your game, they will look at the, the retention metrics. So how many of the users after they installed what we call day one, how many actually stayed in the game? So it's mean that your game is is not just, you know, that makes sense. a lot of the people will, will not open the game after they install it. Some of the people will open that in the day one, and then you also look at day seven, and there is benchmark in the industry. So I think that this is the first thing before you do any marketing campaigns. You need to make sure that, you know, the the, the engagement level, the content, whatever you are doing is 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 working well. Really a, a, a similar idea as a product market fit for... For for any any other vertical, right? The idea that you uh, you've actually found a, a fit for your product in the market, and, and that makes a lot of sense. And and you've uh, I I also want to make sure that I have a little bit of time to dig deep into, you know, who you are as a person. Now, before gaming, before all that stuff, take me back to your childhood. What really fascinates you as a kid? You know, growing up, what really sparks your curiosity? Yeah, so I think that's one of the things that inspired me as a kid is actually when I was uh, 12, 
I, I traveled to Australia um, to meet my, my family um, and I actually stayed there and studied for three months together with my wow. cousins. And, and I think that was kind of like a, a shift uh, for me in like, you know, how small is Israel and, and how, how different is the world? Because I was studying in an international school. I was able to meet, you know, people from uh, not just Australia, from, from different places around the world. And that's, you know, coming back, my English got much better, even just three months, um, but also the ability to, to understand how global is the world. So that's, I think that it's, it was kind of like a, a big shift for me. Very, very cool. And if you look today at your work today in Singapore, wherever it is, and, you know, where you gain your inspiration on a daily basis, where, where is that derived from? Again, can you repeat that? Where do you derive today's inspiration from? So when you go about your day-to-day -day right now, what really gets you going in the day-to-day? -day? Yeah, so I think that, you know, for me, it's uh, definitely the the kids, you know, that that's, you know, and I think that specifically COVID just got this, you know, idea of, you know, doesn't matter what you have, doesn't matter what you achieve, you know, the, 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 the moment that you have your kids next to you, they're healthy, they make you laugh, they make you smile. And, and, you know, the, the small happiness exercise of, you know, the gratitude list of doing like three, every, every day, writing three things that you are most gratitude and thankful for. I just look at, you know, for the last six months and you see the kids are just there in everything. And, and I think that that's kind of like, uh, something that I wish that it will stay for a long time, but you need to have the balance, but definitely right. the other one that motivates me, motivates me. Very, very cool. And what are a few words that you would use to describe yourself? Um, so I think will be super, uh, friendly, uh, open, um, and, uh, and funny. <laughs> very, very cool. Yuval, thank you very, very much. This was great. I loved these last 20 minutes. I, I learned a lot and it was great getting to know you and uh, I appreciate your time. Thank you very, very much. Thank you, Michael. Thank you for hosting me and again, of for course. waking so, so early. Of course. Thank you.